Welcome to the Corona of Thorns podcast. I'm Father Peter Swans, and today is the 29th Sunday in Ordinary Time. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty, ever-living God, grant that we may always conform our will to yours and serve your majesty in sincerity of heart. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the book of Exodus. The Amalekites came and attacked Israel at Rephidim. Moses said to Joshua, Pick out men for yourself, and tomorrow morning march out to engage Amalek. I, meanwhile, will stand on the hilltop, the staff of God in my hand. Joshua did as Moses told him and marched out to engage Amalek, while Moses and Aaron and Hur went up to the top of the hill. As long as Moses kept his arms raised, Israel had the advantage. When he let his arms fall, the advantage went to Amalek. But Moses' arms grew heavy, so they took a stone and put it under him, and on this he sat. Aaron and Hur supporting his arms, one on one side, one on the other, and his arms remained firm till sunset. With the edge of the sword, Joshua cut down Amalek and his people. The Word of the Lord Thanks be to God. Our help is from the Lord, who made heaven and earth. Our help is from the Lord, who made heaven and earth. I lift up my eyes to the mountains, from where shall come my help? My help shall come from the Lord, who made heaven and earth. Our help is from the Lord, who made heaven and earth. May he never allow you to stumble. Let him sleep not, your God. No, he sleeps not, nor slumbers, Israel's God. Our help is from the Lord, who made heaven and earth. The Lord is your God and your shade. At your right side he stands. By day the sun shall not smite you, nor the moon in the night. Our help is from the Lord, who made heaven and earth. The Lord will guard you from evil. He will guard your soul. The Lord will guard your going and coming, both now and forever. Our help is from the Lord, who made heaven and earth. A reading from the second letter of St. Paul to Timothy. You must keep to what you have been taught and know to be true. Remember who your teachers were and how... Ever since you were a child, you have known the Holy Scriptures. From these, you can learn the wisdom that leads to salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is inspired by God and can profitably be used for teaching, for refuting error, for guiding people's lives and teaching them to be holy. This is how the man who is dedicated to God becomes fully equipped and ready for any good work. Before God and before Christ Jesus, who is to be judge of the living and the dead, 
I put this duty to you, in the name of his appearing and of his kingdom. Proclaim the message and welcome or unwelcome, insist on it. Refute falsehood, correct error, call to obedience, but do all with patience and with the intention of teaching. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Alleluia, alleluia. The Word of God is living and active. It probes the thoughts and motives of our heart. Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus told his disciples a parable about the need to pray continually and never lose heart. There was a judge in a certain town, he said, who had neither fear of God nor respect for man. In the same town there was a widow who kept on coming to him and saying, I want justice from you against my enemy. For a long time he refused, but at last he said to himself, Maybe I have neither fear of God nor respect for man. But since she keeps pestering me, I must give this widow her just rights, or she'll persist in coming and worry me to death. And the Lord said, You notice what the unjust judge has to say? Now, will not God see justice done to his chosen who cry to him day and night, even when he delays to help them? I promise you, he will see justice done to them, and done speedily. But when the Son of Man comes, will he find any faith on earth? The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So there's no doubt this is a tricky parable. But it's interesting that St. Luke gives us a little comment as an introduction to what the Lord teaches in the Gospel today. He writes this, he says, Jesus told his disciples a parable about the need to pray continually and never lose heart. The essence about the parable then, we need to keep this in mind, the essence of the parable speaks about the need, the necessity to pray without tiring. So we hear in the parable about a widow who's caught in an especially difficult situation. Now in Jesus' time, widows were kind of the paradigm of vulnerability. They were dependent on their children or their other family members for support. Now, in Hebrew, there's a play on words between the word husband and the word for support or assistance. So, the widow in the parable is presented as someone who's without support, without help. And she now stands before an awful man in this unjust judge. Someone who has no interest in her plight and no compassion for her situation. And he's the one who's supposed to be bringing justice, right? He's the judge, but an unjust one. He's someone who's turned in on himself. He has no regard for God, and he's got no concern for others. Cut off. The hardness of this man adds to the desperate situation of the widow because he stands as an obstacle in her path. And the widow has no choice. She needs to persist in asking the unjust judge for justice. 
Now, it's here that we see the logic of the parable at work. Remember Luke told us at the beginning of the parable about the need to pray continually and never lose heart. So, as critical and as necessary as it is for the widow to petition the judge, so too it's necessary that we pray continually and not lose heart. So, Jesus' point? Prayer, and prayer which perseveres, is necessary. It's not advantageous or recommended, but necessary. The one who prays without ceasing, who cries out to God day and night, is the one who understands how urgent prayer is. And we ought to pause and take note of just how strong these words of Jesus are. Prayer is Necessary. Prayer is something without which we cannot survive. Food, drink, shelter are all necessities of life. And so is prayer. I suppose the question to us is, well, do we really perceive prayer in such terms? Perhaps we don't really pray as if our lives depended on it. Prayer is the expression, the living out of our friendship with the Lord. It's communion. It's heart to heart. But we must remember what our relationship is to God in Christ Jesus. He's not one pal we have among others, one friend among many. He's our creator. He's the source of our life. And Christ reminds us that we're grafted into his life. Remember what he says in John's Gospel, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. And let's face it, without our creator, we are nothing. To be grafted onto the vine, however, means that we've been drawn into the very life of God through the Son. But we mustn't see this life as a kind of static reality, a sort of on-off switch. It's living and pulsing. And, And it's intentional. It asks for our free choice. It asks for our cooperation. To abide in him and for him to abide in us asks for love. And so we must pray. Prayer is necessary. Our lives depend on being grafted on the vine, on being in communion with God. And so the precariousness of the widow's situation is also our situation. Here's the thing. Apart from God, finally, what help or assistance do we really have? The powerlessness of the widow in the face of the world which confronts her is our powerlessness in the face of the death which confronts us. Prayer, friendship, communion with God, our life depends on it. And we should pray as such. Because here's the thing, the widow comes before the unjust judge and says, I want justice from you against my enemy. And she perseveres in petitioning the judge Because she's got an enemy. She knows the battle that she's fighting. And she understands the true value of justice. 
that it's something that she needs to keep imploring for. It's necessary. It seems strange to say, but the strength of this woman is the fact that she knows that she has an enemy and a battle to fight. So, in this sense, the gospel for this Sunday goes hand in hand with the first reading. The path for Israel from Egypt to the Promised Land wasn't an easy journey. It was accompanied by many hardships, many battles with the peoples along the way. And the book of Exodus records that Israel was attacked by the people of Amalek, and Joshua was sent out with the army to fight. And in the meantime, Moses goes to the top of the hill overlooking the battleground, and with the staff of God in his hand... And so while Moses had his hands raised, Israel had the advantage. And when his arms grew tired and he allowed them to fall, Amalek would begin to conquer. So they sit Moses down on a stone and Aaron and Hur support Moses' arms while Joshua and the army defeated Amalek. It's an interesting story. And it echoes beautifully the battle of the widow against her enemy, before the unjust judge. They both have an enemy to fight, and neither must let their pleading hands fall. The weight of weariness in prayer doesn't deter them, because they both know the danger of the enemy. If I mistake the tiger at the gate for a mere house cat, then I'll be blind to its danger and be prepared to take it into my home, where it'll eat me. (laughs) We don't have a natural impulse to this kind of persevering prayer which Jesus describes in the Gospel. We need to become aware of the enemy. St. Peter writes in his first letter, he says, Be calm but vigilant, because your enemy the devil is prowling round like a roaring lion looking for someone to eat. Stand up to him strong in faith. It's not a house cat that prowls around looking to be patted, but a lion that threatens to eat us. Now, this shouldn't cause us fear because Amalek is defeated. The widow receives justice. But it's the proper acknowledgement of the enemy which causes them to persevere. And that brings us back to what we were saying before. Prayer is a necessity. It's not an optional extra. It's not icing on the cake. Like Israel during the Exodus, I need to recognise that I'm in a foreign land where I'm not truly at home. And there's a destination towards which I'm striving and which I've not yet reached. And there are many obstacles which impede me from the beauty of life which I truly seek. The necessity of prayer is brought out by these two realities – The recognition of the greatness of the life that I don't yet possess and the recognition of the danger which would seek to hold me back from possessing it. And if I lose the sense of one or both of these, then prayer loses its necessity. The great deception of our culture is that we believe we can obtain all we seek by our own efforts. We're sufficient and self-sufficient. Because if my goal in life is narrow and mediocre, 
then yes, I have enough to deal with some basic dissatisfactions. But if I'm called to live in the image and likeness of God, if I'm called to love and to the beauty of human life, then I need someone who's able to guide me to that destination. I need someone who's able to defend me from my enemies. The widow asks the unjust judge for these. She seeks justice and she seeks victory over her enemies. When we seek these, then we are aware that prayer is a necessity. Thanks for praying with us, and may God bless you abundantly, so that this day may give glory to God the Father.